Computers are live. Mixer is up. Levels are good. Equalizer is good. Ready channels one and two. Mic is live in three, two, one. Roll it. Welcome, listeners, to the My Practice My Business podcast, where we teach dentists and their teams how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry with our clinical business of dentistry training. And now, the host of our show, the clinical director at My Practice My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. Welcome, podcast listeners. It's Dr. Rob with My Practice My Business. And today we have a special guest. Her name is Whitney Larson. And she's a registered dental hygienist, and she now currently runs the front office at Gentle Dental Arts with Dr. Alex Larson. Whitney, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Dr. Rob. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Thanks for being here. So tell us about your, tell us about your journey in your office. Uh, tell us about uh, where you started out and now what you're doing now. All right. So I actually started out as Dr. Larson's dental assistant uh, about 18 years ago and did that for uh, two to three years while I was in dental hygiene school and then became his dental hygienist and uh, fulfilled that role for the next 15 years. And then uh, the past two months, I've been his office manager. That's awesome. So, um, how long ago, you guys are actually clients of ours at My Practice, My Business. How long ago did you guys go through the training at uh, MPMB with this? I'm try- I was actually trying to remember <laughs> earlier today and without being able to look. Uh, I couldn't remember when you guys started. Do you recall when you started? I believe it was at the end of June, so 2018, so the last, not so almost, almost been, a year. Almost a whole year. Oh, my gosh. Time flies like mm-hmm. crazy. And what were your thoughts when you were going through the training? What were your thoughts when you first went through the training? Tell me what, tell me how you really felt when you were going through the training. Uh, um, well, so as I, when I went through the training, I was a dental high, I was the office dental hygienist and my thoughts were on how I was going to implement, uh, the recommendations on periodontal treatment. It was a whole new way to treat dental uh, periodontal disease. And so I think mostly my thoughts were geared toward how will I implement this into my office and how will my patients um, respond to it? Uh, all the while also thinking and listening to the presentation on offering patients choices in their dental care. So, uh, I wish my, I wish I could go back honestly and listen to it again. And in the, in the position uh, of an office manager and, um, you know, have it through those glasses. Oh so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a little different view. Um, so of course, Whitney, I, I want you to know <laughs> that brings up a whole nother topic. As one of our clients, yeah. you are always welcome to come through any of our trainings at any time as a refresher and to, uh, oh, great. uh, you know, get, you know, get some help. Of course, um, I know you call Tracy from time to time and, and, uh, our team is always there, uh, to help you guys out. Have you called her a couple of times to ask for oh, yeah. advice? Yes. Oh, good. Absolutely. Good, good. And she's been amazing. Amazing. Very responsive <laughs> you, and, you know, Tracy's my wife tremendously. Would, she's helped tremendously. Tracy's my wife. You would think that we talk about, uh, you know, we shop talk, but when we get home, it's uh, gardening and and bees and chickens and <laughs> our next uh, backpacking trip. And we don't, it's kind of funny. Fine. I'm just laughing when I ask you that question. 
So has it been helpful to, in, in what ways has it been helpful to contact her about this new role going from a, a dental hygienist position to running the office? Um, yeah. You know, what kind of, th- what kind of things are you faced with that, you know, you, you give her a call, talk to her about, give me like a, an example. Well, the, uh, one, one, I was desperate. There was a one desperate example. I was confronted for the first time with a patient who was trying to, uh, understand, uh, the anesthesia code and why his insurance wasn't covering it. And his insurance company was giving him, uh, the information that it should be included in his treatment. And so he was confused and it, Thankfully, I, uh, you know, had been through the training, but thankfully I had access to Tracy who could give me the verbiage that I needed to properly explain to the patient. And then eventually I had to explain it to the dental insurance on why uh, okay. we separate this code out. Okay, <laughs> I guess give them just, an education, right? <laughs> I give the insurance company an education. That's fantastic. Let me just, <laughs> let me just hold you there for just a minute because, um, and I want our listeners to know that uh, that I really don't script these calls and I never know what's going to be talked about. And there's not a lot of cutting and splicing that takes place. So I want to back up for a minute. Many of you guys may have not, you may not have been practicing long enough to know what took place in the ADA and with a group of dentists on the East coast and bless their hearts for going to bat with us. If you read the CDT code book at the beginning of each section, it says, Dental anesthesia is usually included in the procedure, okay? And the key word is usually. And the group of docs that pushed back against the ADA was going to do away with that code because of pressure from insurance companies. And they were going to, like, have it be that dental anesthesia was always included. Well, I mean, that's never the case when you go to the medical side. Whenever you, whenever they give anesthetic, they charge for it. I, I'm an old EMT intermediate and worked for years in EMS. Oh my goodness. You know, I, I would work the ER from time to time and, and all those charges were always charged out. And so this group of dentists, they pushed back and they said, no, we're, we're not going to allow that to happen. So the ADA to appease that group that pushed back and threatened to sue said, okay, we'll put the word usually. We'll put the word usually. That way there leaves an out for it. But Whitney, there's a CDT code for it, isn't there? For all kinds of different right. types of anesthesia, right? There's there's local, right. uh, there's regional block, and off the top of my head, I can't remember. It seemed like there's one more, but I can't remember what it is. Do you remember what it is? Because we only use those two. I think no, you I'm I'm familiar with those two. Yeah, so regional block is is the one that we use all the time, and and here's what's funny is out here in Utah, we take a bazillion. PPO plants, and and we are the the insurance capital next to Louisiana out here, um, and we've got and and Nevada I think too is like sneaking up there. We used to be the number one in taking PPOs, but now we've got competition out there with other states. It's getting harder, isn't it? <laughs> so so we that code is in there, and then when you look on your uh, contracted codes with insurance companies, you see that code, don't you? And, and you right. see a lot of them and there's a fee attached to it also. So now yes. tell me the story that happened with the insurance company. This is great. Well, so they, they were, I, I had to 
talk to the patient and then call the insurance company and let them know that it has its own code. And because it has its own code that we bill them separately and that it's illegal for insurance companies to, to tell us, I believe, that we need to combine because that's combining codes. And I think that part is what's illegal. Am I correct? So to combine com- codes so, or? Yeah. So the or? ADA actually for the ADA Center for Success actually put out an, uh, on page 17, they literally call out the insurance companies and say the combining of codes or the, the bundling, bundling of codes is, per, bundling. is uh, potentially fraudulent, right? Right. Which, right. It, I don't. Uh, yeah. And so. Were they, that's what the ADA says. So what were, what was the insurance company? What was their argument? Well, they said it should have been included, but I think when we were able to point out that it had its own code and that the ADA says it's fraudulent to, to do what they were recommending, which was bundling of codes, uh, they backed off right away and said, Oh, okay. And then what's funny is I was, Tracy said, for me to tell them to call the patient and to apologize. <laughs> and did, did the they? insurance company. Well, I don't think she, she understood, but I don't think she understood it well enough to maybe explain it to the patient. So I called and I have a relationship with this patient anyway. So I was able to call and explain to the patient again, uh, why we separate them and why insurance can't recommend that we bundle those and everybody understood it. So I think just having those tools and knowing it myself, um, it helped us to stand up for ourselves and a patient paid for their anesthesia, which they had for their treatment. I love the phrase standing up for yourself. That is like so powerful because if we don't push back against insurance companies, who will? The the patient? No. We do that no. on their behalf, but we also, you know, anesthetic costs us money. I mean, there's there's some really cool, <clears throat> excuse me, there's some really cool anesthetics out there right now that, uh, um, you know, prevent us from from needing to, uh, um, you know, administer opioids. For example, Expiril is one that we're uh, on the verge of getting ready to talk about, and. Uh, some great clients of ours that are oral surgeons, uh, Dr. Stosich up in, up in uh, Murray, Utah, he, he, uh, taught us about Expiril and that's actually in my dental docs now. And you apply Expiril and, and that whole site will stay numb for, for like up to 72 hours. And once you get the patient over wow. the hump of like wisdom teeth, <clears throat> excuse mm-hmm. me, I, <laughs> I'll tell you it here in a second, but once you get them over that hump of, uh, of uh, wisdom teeth extraction, the pain, the the uh, swelling, and you get the swelling to come down, then they're pain free, and so it, you only need to have like you know Motrin for sure. Uh, but wow. that drug is super expensive, super expensive to use yeah. per site, and so when you have that differential in cost goods, it's tough. And uh, yes, so uh, yesterday, well on Thursday, uh, I lectured at the Utah Dental uh, Utah Dental Association convention. Mm-hmm on the clinical business of dentistry. And so I'm like, <laughs> I, my, I'm, my throat is just a little bit dry. So please forgive mm-hmm. me, uh, podcast listeners and Whitney, if I'm like choking here a little bit, but, uh, I'll, but I'll live. I think I might make it through it. So what other, <laughs> what's your experience in the last year since you guys went through training? What has been your experience and what you've learned in, in learning how to upgrade 
uh, you know, being able to listen to insurance company recordings about the uh, ability to upgrade and the patient's reactions when you give them choice and let it be their choice to choose between a better product or a baseline product. And we would never put anything inferior in our patient's mouths, right? We'd, we'd only right. You know, put the, yeah, but, but giving the patient the choice and then charging them accordingly for that choice, like for a better crown, a uh, better you know, implant, whatever it might be. What has been your experience in doing? It's been very easy to implement into our office. And frankly, it's, it's saved us. We were really struggling. And I think our struggle was because our reimbursement rates from insurances were so low. Um, and I think, you know, Dr. Larson had been in practice for 30 years. And I think he just felt very desperate. How do I, how do I possibly work hard enough? I get enough patients in to make up the difference with how much we were not being reimbursed with well, dental let me, insurances. Yeah. Let me, let me stop you right there. I want you to keep going, but, but in my, in my presentation at the UDA convention, we talked about, um, you know, profit margins and everybody thinks and in, in insurance reimbursements have actually gone down. They haven't gone up over the last uh, eight, to 10 years. And everybody thinks, gosh, if I can just get more patients in, if I can just work harder, I can make more money. But if your profit margins right. are hovering, you know, seven to twelve percent, doesn't matter how hard mm -hmm. you work, you only have you, mm -hmm. you you have a carrying capacity, right? So right. what, what right. we teach is how to ways that are ethical, legal, moral ways that insurance companies have actually taught us how to do it. That's what everybody was shocked about when I actually played audio and video recordings of uh, our conversations with the, uh, the insurance carriers. They were shocked. It, they had no idea that we don't have to pay for our patient's dentistry where there's a differential in cost of goods. We can actually uh, place a markup on it and charge the patient for that better product and actually put a profit margin on it. And that, so when you, when you say Dr. Larson was like, you know, things were tightening down and, and, and profits were going away. Mm -hmm. That's, the, that's right. what every practice is experiencing to, you know, right. to, medium degrees to large degrees, nobody to small degrees. That's what we've learned. So keep going. Sorry, Whitney. I just, I was so exciting to hear you say that. Keep going. Yeah, no, please. That's fine. So yeah, we just, we were, we were feeling desperate and had been feeling desperate for years, honestly. And it was, it was, uh, sad because Dr. Larson is very good at what he does, has over 30 years experience and he should be at the point in his career where he gets to kind of cruise and just enjoy this, you know, he's, I think, 67 years old, enjoy these last phases. And it was really stressful and really wearing on his health and um, his mental happiness because it was, it wasn't uh, the dentistry that he remembers when he first started out. Uh, so when we found you, Dr. Rob, uh, it's, and we have tried lots of different things, but this was the, the one thing that made the most sense. And we've seen the numbers and the improvements, uh, right away. So it was, um, it was, it's been fun to be part of that. And honestly, our patients, I think, enjoy the option to choose for themselves. And they seem to understand when I present a treatment plan and I let them know that 
the re- insurance will, uh, how I phrase it is insurance will reimburse us, but at a certain quality of material, but That's we want you to know phrase. that they, right. I mean, and That's, I think they yeah, understand that it's their insurance that's doing this and it's their insurance reimbursement. And so there's this quality of material that your insurance is reimbursing us at, but we know that we have much better options. And I just let them know that we like to offer that to our patients and that they have a choice. And, and should I, it be the pa- shouldn't it be the patient's choice? I mean, really? Yes. Yes. Finally. I think so often with, with insurance, it's so strange that We've got the patient, we've got the doctor, and we've got this third party that's interfering with these uh, medical choices, these medical decisions that I don't think they should have any business being in the conversation, but they're the main part of the conversation oftentimes is what can my, what will my insurance let me, let me do? And so it's fun that we get to have a conversation about what the patient wants without being dictated to by insurance companies. Telling oh, that, that, telling us what they're allowed to have. You, you know, Whitney, in every MBA program. Oh, what's that? Say again. I just said they are. I, I, I haven't had any patient that didn't understand why we were offering a better quality material and didn't appreciate that. And they don't always choose it, but I think they're grateful to know that they have that option. What do you think your percentage of case acceptance is on, on patients choosing the better material? What do you think that that is? It seems it seems high. I know. Um, I want to say seventy five percent. I I know there are numbers and uh, and things, but it seems a lot of people uh, seem to be compliant compliant with it and and want that. The only time I oftentimes it's when when they're children and there's that upgraded material for filling materials. Uh, sure, it's sure. parents know that these are baby teeth and that they're going to be coming out. So that in those places. It's not oftentimes chosen to go with an upgraded material, but we find the same thing in our of- office too. Yeah, when it comes to pediatric <laughs> teeth, you know that we just put the baseline composite in most all the time, and that's yeah, that's right. the same thing that we find. You know, it's it's interesting um, in all the MBA programs out there uh, in the universities, they always teach that choice promotes trust, and you in your conversation with me just now, just verified that you're, you're, yeah. you're seeing that your patients appreciate it. They trust you more. They, they love the ability to have that choice. And that's what I, right. that's what I'm hearing you say. I love it. So and I don't know, oh, Dr. Rob, if we've real quick, if we've discussed this before, but uh, there is, there is an office that had a previous dentist that, that we know of. Um, and they were using my practice, my business. And then this new dentist was brought in and, and I believe the older dentist sold out. And we've been talking to this new uh, dentist whom we're closely, you know, connected to. And we've been recommending my, my practice, my business. And what's funny is he, he said, he has said to us, our, our dental office used to do this. And what's funny, they don't, he doesn't understand why they stopped doing it, but he has patients that are still asking, well, don't I have a choice? And he was sort of confused by that, right? Isn't this cool? And they're asking some of them if they have a choice in which material. So they like it. This is what happens when, when there's a changeover. This is why we have refresher yeah. courses at MPMB 
And you know what? I blame myself, Whitney. I, I, I know, I, I know who that office is and we have been so busy in our, in our, mm. in our business that we have, you know, we failed you guys. We have not contacted, contacted that office and you guys gave us that name like about three months ago. So shame on me. I'm going to go after him. I'm <laughs> going to get hold of that doctor and I'm, and I'm going to talk to him, but I did not know that story. I just knew well, that they were. But that's what's cool about it, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what's so cool, and it, and it honestly helps me as a, you know, as we continue to offer it to our patients, that it confirms this is what patients like, and that if we were to take it back, they would then ask, "Well, don't I have a choice?" And they want that choice. What's interesting is it's at cool. the UDA convention again during my presentation. I had a, a there's a couple labs represented there, and one of the labs I know the master tech and and they're talking about you know really nice crowns, high end crowns, and so many offices because they think they're constrained by insurance companies. They're just ordering the cheapest crown possible, and their patients aren't super happy with the look of those inexpensive crowns, right? So they're right. they're having us uh, in the state of Washington next March. We're going to be doing our presentation to hundreds of, of lab owners and and uh, and dentists from all over the state, uh, helping them understand these protocols. Now, I know that Delta Dental of Washington, they, they were kind of trying to push back, saying that you couldn't even offer choice. And I'm like, that's kind of, now you're coming between the doctor-patient relationship. That's practicing dentistry without a license. You can't do that. And they said, yeah, but in our contract, it says that you can't offer uh, value-added service, and I was looking at their, oh. I had the rules and regs right in front of me, and I said, well, actually in Section 2, Paragraph 11, it states that I can. Are you familiar with that? And he, the main <laughs> manager of Delta out there, she's like, no, I, I'm not familiar with that. That's their own rules Yay. and regs. I'm going, oh, my gosh. And what's <laughs> funny is we can we can call the insurance companies and get almost all the time we get the same answer. Yes, you can upgrade. But once in a while, you'll get somebody that will try to put their foot down and say, no, you can't offer value-added service. It's like, well, then who pays for it? I, I said, well, so if the CEO of Boeing comes into my office and I, I tell that person that, I'm sorry, you can't have the really nice crown by Gary at, at his dental lab. I said, uh, you know, it's like, you know, you have to have a chiclet. And, and you know, that CEO would drop <laughs> Delta Dental so fast and go with MetLife or any of the other ones that are out there <laughs> and, and right, she was like, right. yeah, okay, well, we can't tell you you can't, um, but <laughs> make sure they do sign consent and they know what they're getting, which is actually right here in section two, paragraph 11. So it was, right. it's so funny. <laughs> and then you're, and then you're, so the insurance companies say it can, the patients want it. The patients will yeah. almost always choose a better option when they're given that choice, Right. It's crazy. Right. So yeah. how much how much increased revenue on average per month do you do you have you even looked at those totals over the last year? How much you guys have increased per month since we trained you? Here and there, I I know I've heard figures like ten ten thousand dollars, and I this last month. Now that I'm in this role, I will definitely pay attention. This last month was around twelve thousand dollars increase. Twelve thousand dollars. Increased over the counter collection, pretty much, right? Not crazy, right? right. It's and, awesome. And I know you guys. And what's fun is I know you guys are like, you know, everything that we trained you on is everything implemented. Everything. No, not, we right? we can do so much more. Yeah, and I was going to add that. We time. I know we could do better. 
Mm-hmm. You know what's fun? Oh, Whitney, this like makes my day though, because I've been doing this since 1991. So when we do this training, it we have the majority of the offices will ramp up to about 50% of what we train. And then they're making mm-hmm. an extra 120 to 200,000 a year. And they're so happy that they forget right. about all the rest of the things they can be doing. And that's actually has been our, that's what the kind of feedback we've received. So you kind of see the same thing in your practice too. For sure. Yes. And I think we will get there and continue to add more, but there's so much, really, there's so much we could add in and that's great. It's great news because we can continue to do better and improve and offer more options for our patients, which improves their overall health and apparently helps them to feel better and more, more trusting of us, which is a win-win situation. That's exciting. Are you enjoying your position? Do you like running the office? Yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. It's been a challenge. We were definitely, um, we're kind of digging ourselves out of some issues that we had previous. So, um, yes, it's, it's been uh, a little bit of a challenge, but it's been really rewarding. Last month, we hit a collections number that Dr. Larson has never in the history of the practice collected. And that felt really good to be part of that. You know, it, it's fun, Whitney, because we attribute that success, uh, predominantly to you and it's and as nice. we watch because we don't let our practices you know we keep an eye on our practices we don't let you just we don't just train you and let you go away do we we still stay with no. you we help you we help you continually implement and and that's where a lot of consulting companies uh um you know they kind of drop the ball on that and the other the other crazy thing is when you guys went through the training we guaranteed your return on investment do you remember that I, I don't, I'm not, no, I, I don't remember that part, but that I, so, I believe it. I, I can see how well, it doctor, would, how yeah. you could do I was that. I wondering if Dr. Larson uh, shared that with you, you know, when no. you guys first signed up for training. Yeah. I told, I told the doc, I said, you know, we are one of the few companies that guarantees your return on investment or your money back. And, and that's, yeah. we live, we live by that. But the fact yeah. that you told me you guys are averaging 10 plus thousand dollars a month. That says it all. Yeah. Because the yeah. the offices with what they pay in the monthly payment, that's you're like uh, you know, four to five times in what what the monthly payment would be on that. And that just that makes my day. It makes my day. And yeah. the fact that you know that you have more room to grow, that's exciting. I think is what I think is exciting, Whitney, is the fact that you're a hygienist, which you means I, I have a podcast out there called The Dichotomy of Dentistry. And it goes like this. The dentist was trained for eight plus years. The hygienist is trained for four years. Formal education. Assistants will go through assisting school sometimes and they'll get about a year of, of formal training. And then we throw the office manager in there. And they were trained by somebody who was trained by somebody who was trained by the Sunday school teacher in their local church. You know? <laughs> there's no, right. There's, it's like it's we so throw true. them into these positions with no training. Yes. And and here yes. you are, you go in and your focus is hygiene and you get put into there, but that hygiene degree had to help out a little bit. Am I right? I I think so. And w- really uh, what I think has helped is or, sort or of the, the personality. The personality. In there. Yeah. I kind yeah. of think so. A, a hygienist personality is definitely uh well, they're kind of perfectionistic and they like guidelines and they like 
to be very detailed, very detail oriented. Yeah, and I is, think cool, yeah. that these, I do think these uh, qualities or these characteristics, characteristics that are naturally in a type of person who would be um, interested in dental hygiene. Uh, yeah, does might do gotta, well be, as an office manager. Be, yeah, you got to be, you know, sick and demented and very detailed in that sickness to want to yes. go almost, almost too. Yes, out of teeth all the time, right? <laughs> it's like right, ah. right. Yeah, I, absolutely. I my, We've my got dentist. some <laughs> quirks for sure. We kind of all oh, rub each other the wrong way, even. It's just I'm too perfectionistic and OCD and all those things. But these are the types of totally. qualities that you want in an office manager because we really don't want to mess up and we want to, and it's a numbers game. And, um, I, yeah, it seemed to fit very naturally, honestly. It seemed to. And it's been enjoyable. So it's, and after 15 years of dental hygiene, it's been nice to switch and be thinking this, this other way. So yeah, I think it's Absolutely. felt natural. What a great, what a great asset you are to, uh, Dr. Larson and to be able to thank you have that perspective from all directions. That's exciting. Um, okay. one, one more, uh, question for you and then we'll wrap it up. Would you recommend, uh, my practice, my business to other dentists and their teams out there you can't you don't I, have I to answer you know be honest <laughs> okay well i i couldn't recommend you guys more dr rob you and tracy have been instrumental in in helping us to churn what was a very desperate and stressful situation in our dental practice we were we were working we were providing great quality of care we were our schedule was full it, those things didn't change it was just offering more and then being reimbursed better for the great quality of care that we provide for our patients. We were already putting in high quality material into patients' mouths, but we weren't being paid for those. And so it's been great Crazy. to be able to just be paid for the high quality of care that we paid appropriately for the high quality of care and the high quality materials that we were already putting into our patients' mouths. And then having them to appreciate it more, I think, knowing that it is the highest quality when they choose that or understanding it's, you know, the baseline qualities. It's, you know, we wouldn't put anything bad in their mouth, but, you know, if something goes wrong, then they kind of think, well, I guess it's probably that lower, you know, that baseline quality that the insurance allows us to have in my mouth. So yes, it has been a game changer for our office. Dr. Larson can sleep at night. I think it's taken years off of him and we're all feeling much more confident and happy in our jobs, honestly. Well, you guys in practices just like you're the reason why, why Tracy and I do what we do. And, and I have to give credit to you. You only see Tracy and I on the, or the, or the front line. And we certainly have, uh, you know, we have a couple other uh, partners and people in the practice, Dave and Michael and another Michael and a Darcy and a Danny that have all helped tremendously in our company. But I'll give Tracy all the credit. She does the majority of the work and, <laughs> and, it, and I'm grateful that, uh, that uh, she's part of my team in, in many ways, both uh, personally and, and uh, in the business. It's not every day that you get to work with your wife and still stay, you know, together. So it's really fun yeah. for us to, <laughs> to have that, that ability. Well, Good. Whitney, and thank you're you so changing, much for you're changing. Being, 
<laughs> Thank you so much for being with us. And, and, and it's fun to, God, that just makes my day that, that, you know, Dr. Larson is, that, that the stress is gone. And that's what we're all about. And thanks to Patterson Dental for uh, letting us know uh, 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 about you guys and to give you a hand. What a great, uh, great team they've been in uh, truly uh, helping their practices succeed. And we enjoy working with them as we do many other companies. Uh, thanks so much. And I hope you have a great weekend. And, uh, and we'll look forward to seeing you uh, maybe up at the training facility for refresher. Absolutely. Or, or for sure. Sometime like that. Hey, have a great day. Definitely. Thanks so much, Whitney. Thanks, Dr. Rob. We'll see ya. Bye. See you. Bye. Okay, bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the My Practice, My Business podcast. You can find additional podcasts you may have missed that will help you with your dental practice at Apple iTunes Podcasts. And remember to become a subscriber to our podcast. Many of you have asked how to help support the My Practice, My Business podcast. If you have enjoyed the program and information you received today, the best way to help is to leave us a five-star review. Thanks again for allowing us to be a part of your day.